Amen. So this morning we're going to spend some time meditating on God's word to see what God has to speak to us through his word today. I uh, know we began this month with Isaiah chapter 55 verse 6 where it says seek the Lord while he may be found call upon him while he is near. For those of you who attended our first service of the month on May 1st at 7 a.m. in the morning uh would understand what i'm talking about we had this service where uh, i shared a promise verse a word for to th- for me 2020 and in this the word that god gave us is seek the lord while he may be found and so what i want to do this morning is i want to share with you on the same subject and meditate on how we can draw closer in our relationship with jesus So if you have your bibles open turn with me to James chapter 4 verse 8 we're going to look at that passage James chapter 4 verse 8 James chapter 4 verse 8 If you're there I would like to read that passage for you James chapter 4 verse 8 I'm going to read this for you from the ESV translation please follow along Draw near to God and he will draw near to you cleanse your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double minded amen i'm going to read this verse for you one more time and i ask that you follow along as i read this passage draw near to god and he will draw near to you cleanse your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double minded when we read this passage this passage would be like a you know like a very harsh one it talks about you know sinners and you double minded and all of that but there is a lot more that we can learn from this passage than those harsh words that we can see now this was written by james who was one of the leaders in the early church now he writes a letter discussing <coughs> excuse me about a lot of practical issues about the christian life So in chapter 4 he encourages the church to stand against the ways of the world and in this he gives a very specific counsel that is draw near to god draw near to god if you have your pens or your notebooks with you or if you are on the bible app i ask that you you know highlight that phrase draw near to god draw near to god One of the biggest challenge that we face in our spiritual life is consistency. Is consistency. One day we feel like <clears throat> we are up on the mountain with God, but another day we feel like we are lost somewhere in the valley. Some days we hear a very motivating and encouraging sermon and we decide to spend time in prayer. We do that, but a few days later we go back to the place where we started. to that place where we are inactive in prayer and then one day we slowly come to this conclusion that you know after all your failed attempts that maybe spirituality is not for me spirituality is not for me you know that sentence spirituality is not for me is one of the biggest lies that the enemy whispers to us he will tell you that see you cannot be strong in your life in the way you want to you cannot pray like the way you want to and you cannot even read the bible the way you want to why because you're not meant for this you're not meant for this when you believe that lie that spirituality is not for you 
A thought like that will propel you on a downward spiral where you will move as far as possible from God. Let me say that again. The moment you believe that truth, that spirituality is not for you, a thought like that will push you into a downward spiral where it will move you far as, as far as possible from God. But you look at the Bible, when God created us as human beings, the Bible says that he created us in his image. In his image. And one of the implications of created in God's image is that we are made as spiritual beings. We are created to be a spiritual being. Which means each one of us, irrespective of where we come from or what we are, we have this capacity to seek God. If you look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11, Solomon says that God has put eternity into man's heart, which means there is this capacity and there is this sense in a human being that, that, that seeks after God. We are not spiritually dead, but we are beings who are spiritually alive. But what we do is, we believe the, the lie that, that spirituality is not for me, and we just destroy our own spiritual lives. We think it's not for me, and we subdue all of that. But you look at God's creation, He created us in a way where we can connect with Him. We are designed so that we can commune with God. And that is why James, the elder of the church in Jerusalem, writes saying, draw near to God. It's because we have the capacity to draw near to him. And as a result, when we draw near to God, the result will be he will draw near to us. You see, there are two ways to live a Christian life. One is to be an active Christian. Another one is to be a passive Christian. The main difference between these two is that the active Christian is always actively seeking God. Whereas the passive Christian is an easygoing Christian who seeks God based on the need. When he needs prayer, he will approach people whom he thinks pray, pray very well, prays very well. When he, when he needs some help in times of crisis, he will approach some people who can give him a word of knowledge. These are passive Christians. But the active Christian is the one who is always seeking after God. And what James is saying here in a nutshell is to be an active Christian, the one who seeks God every day. That is when, you know, when we start our day, we think of God. That's being an active Christian. We think of God, we spend time in prayer with Him, we read the scriptures. That is being an active Christian. And the more we do that, the more we actively seek God, the result of that is that we will experience God's presence more than ever. Many times we feel like, okay, I don't know, I don't feel God's presence anymore in my life. The truth is this. God does not move away from us. We move away from God. When we go off in our own way, what we are doing is we are moving away from God. It's not that God moved away from us, but we are the ones who are moving away from Him. But when we draw closer to God, when we wake up in the morning and think, God, how can I, how can I worship you today? How, what can I read from your word today? How can I rejoice in your presence today? When we wake up with that mindset, what will happen to us is that we will experience a strong presence of God in our life. There are many of you who are listening to me right now who desire to you know, experience God in a very intimate way. You see, the God whom you worship is the God who loves to commune with his children. He's not just a God who created everything and escaped from the scene, but is there even today to commune with us 
even today to spend time with us even today to speak to us and many many times you know you all wanted this you know experience god the same way but you're living a very passive christian life an easy going christian life we are saved by grace god has graciously out of his great mercy has brought us into his kingdom and now there's a responsibility on our hands to seek after him now to seek after him god is not saying that you have to travel to a certain place wherever you are think of him wherever you are spend time with him when you seek him that way you will experience him more and more more and more now you know you you may say you know listening to me sharing these things you may say well pastor it it might be easy for you to say this it, it might be easy for you to say draw close to god and spend time alone with god and all these you know wonderful truths it might be easy for you to say that but you may not understand how difficult it is for me you mo- you won't understand how challenging it is for me people may often think that as as pastors or or people in ministry you know we are always uh you know we are always praying we also face challenges of all kind it may be that people are thinking that you know we are always flowing in prayer no sometimes even for me it is a challenge to wake up in the morning and pray we face challenges of all kinds and I, and i'm going to say this before i go into the next part of the sermon that this sermon that i'm preaching is for me as much as it is to you because you and i are living in the same world the challenge that you face i also face and as long as we live in this world we will face challenge to keep up our spiritual life but instead of giving into those challenges instead of giving into those challenges and feeling like a failure it is necessary to overcome it is necessary to be victorious over all those challenges it it's important to understand that we need to put some effort into our prayer life we will face challenges we will face some tough times but it's important to put that effort into our spiritual life the reason why we are where we are today is because we lack consistency in our spiritual life we lack consistency oftentimes when i talk to young people i i ask them this question very frequently how's your prayer life you know one day i hear this uh, feedback saying oh it's good it's going very well i'm enjoying in the presence of the lord but another day maybe a month later or a two later they will say yeah, it's going well yeah, it's going well the moment i hear that statement i know that something is up something is is, is wrong because we'll be praying praying for some time and all of a sudden one day we'll feel like okay i've i've prayed consistently for the last 10 days let me take a break the moment you take a break will be like a uh it'll it'll break that consistency completely it'll be a struggle for you to come back the next day and then you'll think okay next week monday i'm going to be back to my regular schedule and then it'll be another str- struggle we should never stop praying that is what the bible says pray without ceasing in other words it doesn't mean that we continuously pray throughout the day it means that we have to live in that attitude of prayer any time of the day we have to live in that attitude of prayer every single minute of the day because the more we do that we will be able to live 
in a strong relationship with God. You know, let's turn to James chapter 4 verse 8 because James outlined some of the challenges that we face and how to overcome them. James chapter 4 verse 8, he begins like this saying, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The second part of the verse says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. There is a solution here to build our prayer life. There's a solution here, and I want to share that with you today. If you desire to draw closer to God, if you want to pray, if you want to seek God daily, there are a few things that you need to do. The first thing is this, stop playing with sin. Stop playing with sin in your life. Keep sin out of your life if you desire to draw closer to God. There are, there are many times we know what God does not like in our lives. There are many times we know, okay, God does not desire this for me. We know it, but we still do it because somehow we have become addicted to those habits. Somehow we have been, become addicted to those habits. If we desire to build our prayer life, we have to stop playing with sin. And this verse is very specific in what it says. He says, it says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. The word used for sinner is hamartolos, which means a hardened sinner. The one whose sin is obvious and notorious. It's not that he is sinning without knowledge. He knows what he is doing. He knows absolutely what he is doing. And he still chooses to do the same thing no matter what happens. There are also additional meanings to this passage. It also includes people who choose to live in a company of friends who are disobedient to God. The word hamartalos also refers to people who continue to live in a company of friends who are disobedient to God. You see, many times you know that if you hang out with this friend, they are going to make you fall into sin. But you still willfully choose to hang out with the same company of people. The Bible here, the passage here is referring to those kind of sinners who have become hardened in their hearts, who have lost that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, who have lost all guidance of the Holy Spirit and they are intentionally, they intentionally keep doing whatever their friends want them to do. You see, if we learn to choose our friends wisely in our life, we can really draw close to God. If we learn to choose our friends the right way, we can really draw closer to God in a deeper relationship with Him. Many times God speaks to us you know, our parents advise us, people around us tell us, listen, this, this, this man you're hanging out with or this, this group that you're hanging out with is not good for you, but you still willfully hang out. And you yourself know it's bad for you, but you like the fun that they, that they give you. You, you, like the, you like the comedy, the jokes that they crack. You like how they keep you happy. You like how they are, you know, how they are helpful to you. You know, your, your best friend may be very helpful to you, but if he's leading you in a way where it is other than God's word, where it is away from God's word, you need to cut that friendship first. What God desires from us primarily is that we seek him. 
Our friends will come today and they'll leave tomorrow, but there is a God who will never leave us. And this friend who comes in for a temporary period of time will destroy our character in such a way that, that we won't even have anything left in our hearts sometimes. They'll come and go, do a lot of things to us, and eventually we will be a, a very broken person. We'll be wondering, God, what is my life? Why am I this way? Why am I this way? We have to understand that there are uh, friendships, there are friendships that we have to break away from. There are friendships that we have to leave in our personal lives. There are friendships we have to quit relationships that we have to come out if we choose to draw closer to God. Many times what we do is we try to maintain everything. We try to keep the friendships that are leading us into sin still very active and also be a very active Christian. Both those things will not go hand in hand. It will not go hand in hand. You cannot please God and you cannot please the world. The Bible says it clearly that no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other. Hate the one and love the other. You see, many times when I talk to young people, they go to church because their parents want them to go to church. They go to church just because it is something that they are used to. And if they don't go to church for a, for a period of time, they'll feel like they're missing out on something. What they're missing out is just that habit of going to church, not the, not the true word of God. See, when you desire Jesus truly, the first thing you'll do is what the Bible says. You have to get rid of sin out of your life. You have to get rid of things that displease the Lord. We have to cleanse our hands. We have to see, well, what is there in my life today that is keeping me from prayer? Maybe it's a habit of sitting up late night and watching movies and sleeping at 3 or 4 in the morning. Maybe it's a habit of just unnecessarily texting everybody possible on WhatsApp. What, what is my habit? What are those things in me that I know it is wrong, but I'm not able to control it? What, what, is those, what, is those, what are those things in my life that I know I don't have to say those things, but it just comes out of my mouth comes out of my mouth we have to see where our life is today Some, you know we, we know that this tv show that we are watching is going to make us fall into sin but somehow you believe you'll be safe somehow you believe that you know you'll be protected from all this what we're doing is we are deceiving ourselves we are deceiving ourselves if you, if you look at Psalm 24, it reminds us this truth in Psalm 24 that it says, Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? Verse 4 says, He who has clean hands and a pure heart. If we desire to draw close to God, then we have to stop playing with sin. You have to see, the, is there anything in my life that is against God's ways, against God's word? Because if there is sin in our life, sin will always keep us from praying. And James' command, James's command to the church is very specific. It is very clear, saying, cleanse your hands, you sinners. The word used for sinner here is hamartolos, which means a hardened sinner. The one whose sin is obvious and notorious. And also there are additional meanings to this word, hamartolos. It also 
refers to people who choose to live in a company of friends who are disobedient to God who are disobedient to God you see many times we know that what we're doing is something that God is not pleased with we know that when we hang out with this friend they are going to make us fall into sin we know it but we still willfully hang out with the same company of people we know watching this certain tv show is going to make us fall into sin is going to make us fall into sin but somehow we believe that we will be safe and immune from all these things what we don't realize in our life is that sin always deceives us there might be a person in your life that god is telling you you know you need to get rid of that person from your life you need to come out of that friendship and but you the sin you know will keep you there it'll say it's okay you know god is gracious god is good you know his his mercy is has no end he's compassionate and such a compassionate god will forgive you you know how long are you going to live how long are you going to be 21 how long are you going to be 25 enjoy your life while you are you are young and, and the, the enemy will keep deceiving you with all these thoughts saying do this live your life this way continue on with this friendship and what happens often is that we we maintain both we try to maintain both we try to maintain friendship with people who make us fall into sin and also we try to be very active in our christian life and we we often and 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 because of that we cop we keep hitting a roadblock where we where we realize that no matter how much i do no matter what i do i'm still not able to grow in my spiritual life no matter what i do i still feel like I'm not free from that guilt no matter what I do I still feel like I'm a great sinner the reason is because there is a sin that is lurking in your life there is a sin that is still working in your life and the problem is you're not willing to give that up because of the pleasure it gives you you see that that friend who was bad for you might keep you very happy the friend who is who, who leads you into sin will also be the one who will be the most helpful one for you you see it doesn't matter who helps us in what way it doesn't really matter it matters are they leading us closer to god if your friendships if your relationships are not leading you anywhere closer to god and and, and if they are leading you far away from god leave that it doesn't matter how good they are it doesn't matter what they do to you if they draw you away from god you don't need that friendship anymore you don't need that friendship anymore i believe i'm speaking to someone very specific here you need to leave the friendship that makes you fall into sin you need to leave those habits that keep you from praying what is it in your life in spite of knowing who god is and what he requires from you you still go back to that comfort zone many of us have grown to become very comfortable in the sinful life or the sinful habits that we have we become grown to become comfortable in god i believe he's speaking to us very specifically saying if you desire to seek me then first get rid of sin in your life you see god has given us the strength to overcome temptation god has given us his holy spirit to guide us into all truths to help us stay away from sin but what happens is in spite of all that we still are happy where we are we're still happy where we are we still intentionally choose to disobey god and obey our flesh the result of that was we are unable to pray we are unable to spend time alone with the lord 
even if we try to our mind is constantly filled with what is called as random thoughts we sit down in prayer we try to pray really hard but we are unable to focus at all why because there are these thoughts that are running on in our mind continuously continuously thoughts are going on and on in our mind that keeps us from praying so we sit down in prayer we start thinking of our studies and immediately after 5 minutes we switch to another subject we think of something else we think of something else we are trying to we are trying to pray but our mind is not engaging in prayer the reason is because sin needs to be destroyed from our life sin will always keep you from the presence of god and it will also keep you from the blessings that god has in store for you we must understand this that you and i that we will not prosper until sin is purged from our life sin is cleansed from our life we need to cleanse our life and remove the sin that is holding us back is holding us back what is it that's holding you back today what is it that's holding you back today sometimes you you, you try to fast and pray hoping to fix the the challenges that you face every day hoping to see a prosperity in your studies in your work life but but what happens is we return back to that same place why it's because sin leads us back to where we started many times we don't understand the power of sin that is working in our life we don't really know how powerful sin can be we 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 have to stop playing games with god church we have to stop playing with sin in our life if there is something that god is not pleased it pleased with get rid of it get rid of it i remember years ago when i came to the lord there was this tv show that i used to love and it's called as big bang theory you know most of you know it it's a very famous tv show and i and i loved it i, I knew the dialogues by heart i knew the first few seasons really well i knew the scenes because i used to watch it over and over and over again i remember around the time when i came to the lord the first thing god told me is this stop watching that tv show it may seem strange to us you know why should we stop you know it's just a good entertainment no there are things that we watch that lead us away from god you see many of the movies that we watch are not just simple we simple storylines but they are tailored to direct our focus away from god and into the world when we when we go to youtube one of the common videos that you'll find is how i became a millionaire or how i made so much money we are constantly bombarded with pictures of people videos of people who are who are very successful and what is fed into our hearts is i want to be successful i want to build a startup i want to do this i want to do that we are constantly fed with this false information in our mind god wants you to do something else but the world is leading you off in a different direction and we need we need to understand that we have to quit things that do not please god and god may tell you you know stop spending that much time on youtube stop spending time on your phone rather spend time on my word you will say that oh my youtube you know when i watch these videos it inspires me but truth is it will be drawing you away from god it will be drawing you away from god 
No matter what is good, if it draws you away from God, you don't need it. As a child of God, you don't need that in your life. If you desire to seek God, you have to cleanse your hands. You have to purify yourself. You have to come out of that sin that is still lurking in your life. And the truth is this, God in his mercy, God in his grace, God has shed the shed his blood paid the price for you and has given you the strength the vic- the victory over sin he's he has cleansed you already he has is purged your life but what you do is you yourself walk back into that same old life again we are playing with the grace of god sin needs to be destroyed from our life we should not take god for granted should not be take we should not take god for granted james tells the church cleanse your hands you know this phrase cleanse your hands it was originally used in the old testament as a ceremonial washing whenever the priest went in to serve before god they had to wash and bathe themselves but over time they understood that they had to do something more than just outward washing and that is why when it comes to isaiah chapter 1 verse 16 isaiah 116 isaiah the prophet says wash yourselves make yourselves clean remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes cease to do evil in other words washing is not just cleaning our hands or cleaning our body but in more than that it goes on to an inward cleansing inward purging cleanse your hands means that you stop doing the evil things that you are doing people began to understand that god requires an inward cleansing of life every day god demands moral uprightness in our lives and the, and the truth is this when god demands something he also gives the strength to live that way he enables us to give holy if you look at first peter it says by his great power he has given us everything that we need to live a holy life god has given us every strength that we need to live a holy life but what we do is we choose the ways of the world rather than the strength that comes from god to live that holy life and that is why you know we we still keep going back to this place of doing the same mistakes again because it feels so good in the flesh what god requires from us is to stay away from sin and away from everything that destroys our walk with him our walk with him the bible says like this cleanse your hands now when we look at the bible we will find this fourfold cleansing always one of the first ways to cleanse our life is this we have to cleanse our lips we have to cleanse our lips if you look at isaiah chapter 6 verse 5 to 6 In this passage Isaiah sees the vision of God. He sees God seated on the throne with the cherubim and the seraphim seraphim flying around him singing praises to God. And in Isaiah chapter 6 when Isaiah sees the vision one of his first realizations is that I am an unclean man. I am a man of unclean lips. So in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 5 to 6 he says like this Woe is me for I am lost for I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts 
So we see in the Bible there is a cleansing of the lips, cleansing of our mouth, because there are times we say things we're not supposed to say. We speak lies that we're not supposed to speak. Somehow we, we, we do things that seem right in that situation. We adjust our ethics based on the circumstance. We sometimes don't mind you know, bluffing a few lies just to get the work done. We need a cleansing of our lips. We have to check, you know, how, is my, how are my words today? Is it clean? Is it pure before the Lord? Or am I just compromising on everything the Lord wants me to do? Where is my life today? Where is my life today? If you look at James chapter 3, James talks about taming the tongue. You know, he says, the tongue is a small member. Chapter 3, verse 5, James says, the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. He says, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And he says, the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. A tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, sitting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. This is some, some dangerous description of a tongue. The tongue that God has given us helps us speak. If we don't have the tongue, we cannot speak. The tongue that God has given us helps us to converse with people. But how many times do we use that for the right purpose? Do we commit sin with our mouth? Do we say things that hurt people? Are we sarcastic all the time that it leads us to a place where we are hurting people constantly? Are we careful with our words? It, it really matters. God sees how we speak. How we converse with people how we have a relationship with people and if our mouth is unclean the bible says that it's going to stain the whole body it's going to affect our entire life what god what god is calling us to today is a cleansing of our lips a cleansing of our mouth we need to make sure that we are living life we are speaking words that glorify god then bring pleasure or joy to our flesh because sometimes you know when you're angry when you're really frustrated and you say that one word that's that's not a good word and you say that one word it feels so good it just feels so good when you when you take a revenge and you, you speak to someone uh, and you know you you hurt them with your words you know you're hurting them but you do it intentionally when you hurt them with your words it feels good to you it feels good to you but you know what God is seeing? That is an impurity that is destroying your entire life. Church, if we are not careful with our words, if we fail to be careful in the way we speak, it is going to lead us to a place of destruction. Many of you are losing relationships just because of the way you talk. And I believe God is reminding us very clearly, saying, stop speaking whatever you want to say. Stop speaking those hurtful words, those vain comments. Stop speaking all of that. Cleanse your lips. You see, Isaiah sees the vision of God seated on the throne. And first thing he says is, Woe to man, I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell among people of unclean lips. In other words, when Isaiah saw the glory of God, he was reminded of his impurities. When Isaiah saw the glory of God, he was reminded of 
how weak he is if we were to see the same vision of god i wonder what we would say would we say lord here i am to worship you without thinking what we did last night many times we come to church to service not even realizing that we have hurt somebody last night not even realizing that we have put down people last night just or even just before coming to service one of the reasons it's important to prepare ourselves in prayer is to say god i have done this i am sorry god i i'm i i did this mistake i'm really sorry and when we prepare ourselves when we cleanse our lips what you and i will experience is the presence of god working in our life every day when we when we purge sin out of our life when we go to god preparing ourselves in prayer and say god please help me what will happen to us is that we will be able to draw closer to god we will be able to spend quality time with god there's some of you listening and you're wondering when was the last time i spent a quality time with god when was the last time i i had this special time with god it's been years it's been years you know why you are ignoring the sin that is lurking in your life god is speaking to us through his word loud and clear saying cleanse your lips cleanse your lips the first thing that isaiah did in his life is god i am a man of unclean lips woe to me i am a man of unclean lips immediately an angel flew and put a coal on his on his tongue on his, on his lips and he was purified he realized a sinful condition how many times do we realize our sinful condition do we ever you know understand the mistakes we're doing or do, are we living life in our own terms where are we today we have to ask god to cleanse our mouth we have to ask god that god that you put a control on my words that i will speak what you desire for me in my life we have to be very careful of what we speak you know i i used to be a person who knows how to use words to hurt people i will i will be sharp uh, with my words so sharp that i know how to you know make them feel terrible Uh, my brother used to tell me often that you are too sharp with your words you're too harsh with your words one of the things that happened as i came to christ is that he he made me control my words he made me stay calm and, and i can tell you this you know the best thing you can do when you're angry stay calm praise the lord stay calm and pray god will fight the battle for you but you start fighting the battle only bad words will come out of your mouth because you see what what can we say what can we you know what is there in our lives to you know fix a solution fix a problem nothing and when we praise god when we pray to him and allow god to work he will change the situation in a matter of minutes but we when we open our mouth it not just hurt us but hurt people around us let's be careful of what we speak let's be careful of how we behave with people around us even if it's our closest friend even with our brother let's be careful of our own words the second cleansing that is found in the bible is this cleansing of the hands cleansing of the hands psalm 24 verse 4 says he who has clean hands and a pure heart who does not lift up his soul toward his faults and does not swear deceitfully you know cleansing of the hands can refer to sometime the the false promises that we make 
that we shake hands and say bro i'm going to be there for you i'll do this for you we sometimes you know get into a commitment that we cannot honor we get into a commitment that we cannot keep up with and you know let me let me tell you this honestly this is this is my biggest struggle i'm i'm i, I want to help people I, i desire to help people but i'm not able to keep up that commitment there there are times we say god you know i want to spend time in your presence i want to pray and we go off to sleep and our half an hour later we pick up our phone because we are not feeling sleepy and as a result what's going to happen the next day morning is you cannot wake up on time neither can you spend time in prayer there are times we keep failing in our commitment over and over again and eventually we start depending on other things than god himself The Bible reminds us that he who has a clean hands and a pure heart and who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. What God requires from our hearts, from our lives is that we have a clean hand, that we do what we say. We stay true to what we have committed. Marriage is like a one 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 is like a room you enter once. And what drives marriage is not the emotional love that you face or experience all the time what drives marriage is commitment is commitment what god requires from us is clean hands that we will stay stay true to what we have said that we will always remain truthful to the words that we have spoken the one who can ascend on the holy mountain of the lord is the one who has a clean hands and a pure heart and i pray that church that we will be found clean in our spiritual life in our personal lives we will be found pleasing to the lord and if there is anything that you find that you're not able to keep up with tell the lord god will help you he will give you the strength god is always there for you but we don't look up to him we do what pleases us and that is what keeps us from drawing closer to god i just have about a couple of minutes left before i close the service i quickly want to go to the next two points the next cleansing that is found in the bible is cleansing of the heart cleansing of the heart psalm 73 verse 13 says like this all in vain have i kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence there is a cleansing of the heart that god requires because heart in the jewish context is always seen as the place of your feelings as of your emotions heart in other words is also the place where your anger resides your past memories painful ones all resides there right in your heart and you know we cannot live our life thinking of how people have hurt us we we cannot live that way anymore because the more we think of that the more it will give us room to take revenge to use our words to hurt people it will it will make room for us to fall into sin again and again and here's what the psalmist says in psalm 119 verse 11 psalmist says i have stored up stored up your word in my heart that i might not sin against you there's a contrast we can see when you when you pour your heart with god's word when you fill your heart with god's word what will happen is you will not sin against god but if you allow anger hurtful memories 
painful ones to work in your heart some of us cannot forget the past we have to keep talking about the past every week the more we keep all that what it does to us is that it leads us into a place where we will sin against god but the psalmist says in psalm 119 verse 11 i have stored up your word in my heart the more we indulge ourselves in the bible the lesser we will fall into sin we will not fall into sin but the more we indulge in our own feelings oh they said like this to me they said they treated me this way all these feelings of anger is going to make you fall into sin we need a cleansing of our heart we need our hearts to be clean before the lord if there is anything that has hurt you let it go if there are people who hurt you forgive them let them go out of your life even if you are separated from them physically mentally you are too close to them thinking of all the ways in which they have hurt you let that go let your past go let your past go fill your word with god's heart cleanse your heart with his word the more you do that you will not fall into sin easily again easily cleanse your heart the final cleansing is this cleansing of the mind in the same verse in james chapter 4 verse 8 James says like this James chapter 4 verse 8 he says purify your hearts you double minded double minded you see double mindedness is a great trouble double mindedness is that we we make a decision to follow or to do something for the lord but we prefer to follow our own heart do what our heart says double mindedness is also the person who does not really put his trust in the lord if you look at james chapter 1 verse 6 to 8 it says like this but let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the lord he is a double minded man unstable in all his ways you see what happens here there is a double mindedness that works in us when we ask god for something but we still have doubts in the back of our mind and james is 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 straight to the point here he says for that person must not expect to receive anything from the lord why because he is double minded and he is unstable in all his ways we seek god and we ask him for this but at the same time at the back of our mind we'll we'll be wondering i wonder if this will really happen the same time we'll be thinking i think i don't know if this will ever happen to me there is a cleansing of the mind that is needed we so much desire to follow what our heart says we decide on one thing but we decide to do what the heart says we really we talk about faith but don't really put our trust in god what are we we are double minded god says you need to purify your hearts you double minded we need to cleanse our mind we need a cleansing of the mind a cleansing of the mind when we work on these four areas of our life when we work on the lips when we work on the words we speak when we work on our hands cleansing of our hands when we work on cleansing our heart when we work on cleansing the mind i tell you you will be able to see god with all your heart like i said before god has given you the strength 
God has given you the strength to overcome every situation. But you choose to live life on your own terms. It is going to lead you into a place where you'll constantly be battling with all those unnecessary thoughts in your life. You sit down to pray and you hope that you know, today you'll be able to pray and spend time alone with the Lord. But what really happens is that your mind is filled with so many thoughts that you are spending time just battling those thoughts. Instead of focusing on God, you're somehow trying to control it on your own. The very reason why there are so many such thoughts in your heart, in your life, is because, is because there's a sin that is still prevalent in your life. And maybe you look at your life and think, I don't know what it is, I don't know what sin I'm committing. I don't know what sin I'm committing. Here's, our, here's what I would tell you. Ask God. He will give you an insight into your life. Because you see, there are some things that we do in our life that has just become a practice for us. And sometimes it will become so much of a practice that even if it's a sinful thing, it won't seem like a sin anymore. It won't seem like a sin anymore. Ask God, what is it God that you are not pleased with? And God will point out. You see, when there is no sin, when there is a life that we please God, what will happen to us is that we will be able to draw close to God. Now, I'm not saying that in this world you'll never face temptation, you'll never face attacks from the enemy to fall into sin. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you'll become a different person altogether. What I'm saying is that the more you keep away sin from your life, you'll be able to draw closer to God truly. You'll be able to seek Him day after day. We must remember the church that the God whom we worship is a consuming fire. Whether we like to know it or not, He is a God who expects holiness from us. And one of the things that will happen is when we, when we draw closer to Him, when we keep sin out of our life, we will become a flaming arrows for God. We will become a vessel that is powerful in the hands of the Lord. We will become powerful weapons in the hands of God to preach His gospel, to spread His word. But the more we choose to live life our own way, we will always be ineffective. If you go to a butcher's shop, one of the things that you'll notice in a butcher's shop is that he will keep sharpening his knife every other minute. Every other minute, he'll keep sharpening it. It's become a habit for him. You know why? Because he knows that with a blunt knife, I cannot serve my customers. It teaches us a lesson here. It teaches us that with a blunt life, with a life that is not sharp, the life that is not clean before the Lord, we are definitely going to fall into sin. We are definitely going to live. We are definitely going to leave even the calling that God has for us. Oh, I pray that church that you will draw close to God. That you will keep relationships that fall, make you fall into sin. That you will leave those habits that make you fall into sin. Pray that God will help you every moment, every minute of your life.
Oh Lord, we worship you. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. Before we end up, we're going to sing that song, Consuming Fire. And I ask that as we sing this song, remind yourself of the holiness of God. Of how holy He is, how awesome He is. That He's the God who desires holiness and purity from your life every single day, every single minute. A passion for your name. Spirit of God, fall in this place. Make us as a mighty vessel for your kingdom. Consuming fire. Let us remind ourselves of who God is. A passion for your name. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Would you fall in this place? Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. With us. Yes, Lord Jesus. Help us to overcome the sin that entangles us every day. Help us to stay away from habits that pull us down. Master, we confess there are times we intentionally, willfully do the things that we know you are not pleased with. And we ask that, Lord, that we would purge the sin out of our life. That we will stay in a way that is holy and pleasing for your name. Help us to draw closer to you, Master. Help us to overcome the pull that we experience from the flesh, the temptations of the flesh. Help us to cleanse our lips. Help us to cleanse our hands, our hearts, and also our minds. Help us to live in a life. Help us to live a life that pleases you every moment. We give ourselves into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, thank you for joining.